0: Wrapping up the work week here, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Roto Grinders MLB Morning Grind. It's Friday, June 24th. I cannot believe we are almost through the month of June in 2022. I'm the Looch, Justin Carlucci. Joining me this morning is the Iceman, Keith Eister. What's going on, buddy? How are you today on this Friday? Doing good. Um,
1: Coming off a a good night, NBA draft action, Um, head Had a light light night of uh, baseball because of the NBA draft, but exciting times for sure. Uh, Got a big old slate here uh, heading into the weekend, so excited to to get into this one and break
0: it down. Just an absolute monster of an MLB slate. Uh, We're having a big week on scores and odds, by the way, too. You pump out a lot of free content and a lot of premium picks over there, too. Your Icebreakers article series, you give out three to five – prop plays daily uh are you up like 20 some odd units the last two months or something like that yeah it's it's something like that it's it's been a pretty good run
1: here um yeah doing that four days a week mostly focused on on pitcher props yeah it depends usually there's three to five props in there depending on the slate depending on the quality of the pitchers
0: um i can pull up some exact numbers for you here Um, i know they're good i know they're good and and by the way all of our Free picks and content is under the News tab on Scores and Odds. We also have premium picks packages, of course, but we like pumping out a lot of freebies for you guys, and, and Keith has been rolling, absolutely rolling. So I am just looking here. I was,
1: over the last two months, 70 and 47 for a total of about 18 units. To the Can't positive. complain so, with yeah,
0: that. It's been going pretty good. Take that seven days a week, my friend. That's awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. We're starting to pump out some home run stuff. Grant Neifer uh, and myself have kind of been spearheading this home run charge. Grant has been balling out. He picked up almost six units on home run calls alone on Wednesday. Um, on Thursday, he also started this new segment called Turb Bombs, by the way, which is awesome stuff. Pretty funny. Um, but he had another really, really nice Thursday. He had Alvarez at plus three sixty, Adley Rutschman at plus six ten over six to one on his money. Jock Peterson was more than three to one who went deep too. So uh, our guy Grant's getting in a groove over there. Um, I also had Alvarez and I had Giancarlo against Framber. That was one of my favorite calls. So uh, and the Yankees won in a walk off. By the way, they were down six three in the ninth. Crazy slate of MLB games. And I tell you what, there's no shortage of them on Friday night to wrap up the work week here. I don't know. You got any big takeaways from Thursday? Oh, man, that feels like so long ago. <laughs> um, it, we had an early
1: slate. Um, I, honestly, I didn't play much. I had a ton of content to pump out uh, for Thursday. So I I wasn't, uh, I didn't enter, enter many lineups. I don't, I don't even remember. I'm, I'm. Focused on looking forward here, uh, getting into this big one. So all that research is in my mind right now. But that, well, that Yankees game was
0: was a good one. I know that for sure. Definitely a big one in the Bronx. Uh, Alex Wood got touched up early on Thursday against the right-handed heavy Braves. That was interesting. The Dodgers um, thumped it out against Hunter Green, uh, Muncie, Freeman. There you go. I know somebody who had a few Dodger home run props and uh, did okay with that that game, yeah. Yeah, you know, my problem was the books are smart. We know that, and none of none of the those preferential Dodgers power bats had even three to one odds. You know, so I kind of like parlayed them with the Dodgers run lines, and boy, did they give me a sweat uh, late in that <laughs> game there when when Bickford was gonna blow it for LA. But um that was interesting. I think the surprise of the night, and I, Zach Pleasak proved me wrong again. We had a one nothing game between Zach Pleasak and Smeltzer, one nothing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was on Cleveland. The the little that I did play, I I stacked some Cleveland, did not go too well. I was wrong there. I went up to that. You know, I love patting myself in the back, but, you know, you're wrong a lot in the gambling world, too. And, uh, you know, one total run. God, I wonder if anybody had some correct one nothing score tickets, like, for the hell of it. The odds had to be astronomical for that one. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, listen, there's no shortage of games on Fridays. Let's dive right into looking at some pitching. And as many pitchers as there are, there are some tough matchups. Like, there are no studs on this one, Keith, that are the obvious chalk, slam dunk, great matchup, etc. cetera. Yeah, Verlander against the Yankees at 10-6. I'm looking at DK. Aaron Nola's at 10-3. Severino, 10-2. Nola's got the Padres. Severino's got Houston, who doesn't strike out much. Nick Pavetta is almost 10K. He has the low strikeout prone guardians then you have Manoa against Milwaukee Julio Urias against Atlanta who's 9200 we know Atlanta strikes out a lot I cannot figure out Urias at all Um, Mackenzie Gore 9100 against the Phillies Uh, and Michael Kopech rounds up the 9k and more group here and he's you know kind of on his way back from an injury and he certainly doesn't look 100% here so looking at these stud pitchers how, how do you break it down?
1: Well, oh, you you touched on the important stuff, the the matchups, I think. Um Verlander and Severino, both with great skill sets. Um Verlander has kind of like he's not the elite strikeout pitcher that that we know. And now he's going into Yankee Stadium, tough ballpark, really tough offense. The Yankees have just been incredible this year. Um, and most expensive pitcher on the slate. So really tough spot for Verlander. I, I think you play him in some tournaments. Um just because that that upside is still in there. The Yankees can strike out a little bit, but yeah, I mean, he could give up some home runs here without a doubt. Severino is the one that, that actually has the better strikeout rate, um, but he's against this very low strikeout Houston offense, who's also very patient and very powerful themselves. Um, so in, in Yankee Stadium, I, I'm not sure that I'm I'm looking to either of them two. I think they're both fine for tournaments, um, but Aaron Nola would be my first look, I think. Um, going up against San Diego, obviously been without Tatis the whole season. Uh, Machado has been banged up. I don't think they've put him on the IL officially yet. Um, so a chance he could return. Uh, but he, he's definitely deal- dealing with a pretty severe ankle sprain. Uh, so if Machado is out of this San Diego lineup, I think Nola is, is going to be the, the look. Pretty nice ballpark upgrade for Nola going from Philly into San Diego. Um, so just that San Diego offense, that's without their, their two biggest bats. I think Nola would be my first look. Pavetta has been outstanding recently, but I don't love the 9,800 price tag on him. Um, and just that Cleveland team just doesn't strike out very much. So that's a difficult spot for him. I can get on board with some Manoa for sure. Um, I think Nola is a little bit safer for cash, but Milwaukee is, does have some strikeout bats in there. Manoa's strikeout stuff has kind of just been mediocre here recently. Um, he did have seven against Baltimore, which was nice to see. He's got a couple of nines in his game log, but like the, the strikeout rate for the year is not an elite like 30% like we're seeing from Manola. Um, he's kind of more in that 25% range. So I, I do like the, the matchup for, for Manoa. Uh, I think he can have some success against this Milwaukee team. Um, I, I I would probably place Manoa in, ahead of Verlander and Severino because he's a little bit cheaper and just just not nearly as tough of a ballpark outside of Yankee Stadium. Your IS, I'm with you. I don't know what to do with this guy. He doesn't go deep into games. His strikeout was just insanely low for his first know, 10 starts of the season or something. And then he randomly, he broke out with 10 strikeouts against San Francisco, and he was really good against Cleveland his last time out and had six strikeouts. Um, still isn't going to give you more than five innings, six innings. He's been able to get through because he's been so efficient. Um, but you're looking at a cap of about 90 pitches here. Just I don't trust that the strikeouts are real recently. Don't get me wrong. Those are two low strikeout offenses, high contact offenses that he's kind of dominated his last two times out. So if if the ownership on him is under I don't know six seven percent on this really big slate, maybe you can talk me into some. Um, Mackenzie Gore has like was looking awesome early in the year, uh, then just kind of took a a step back here over his last four or five starts. hasn't hasn't quite looked right. I'm not playing him against a powerful Phillies team. Uh, Kopech rounds out the nine K range. Great matchup against Baltimore, but you kind of touched on him just not looking right. He struggled with the control quite a bit. Um, I, I do like this matchup against Baltimore. So maybe you take some shots that, that he's figured, figured it out. He did have a nice outing against the Dodgers randomly, but then struggled against uh, Houston his last time out. Kopech at 9K in a vacuum against Baltimore looks like a good spot, but I think I'd officially put it NOLA one, Manoa two. And then you're, you're kind of messing around with the Verlander Severino in tough matchups. Um maybe maybe Urias and Kopech you could mix in a little bit but I think Nola, Nola and Manoa are the two in this this
0: high price range
1: that I'm looking at for sure
0: yeah there's no slam dunk there really is and I, I think I agree with you with Nola especially if Machado is out of the lineup just some other data points I want to bring up you and I are heavily invested in props pitching props and we look at so much so many different variables velocity Right when I'm ready to write off Urias in this matchup, he hit his highest fastball velocity last time out of the season. Um, It's not anything that's going to blow you away, but it counts. It it means something. I mean, he threw almost two miles per hour faster than he did against the Giants game. Um, That's interesting. I will say this. Alex Wood got touched up by this Atlanta team who's been hot this month. I feel like the Yankees are stealing the thunder of the league, but Atlanta is playing great ball. Even the Red Sox are playing great ball. Um, no one's really talking about them. Alex Wood's a good pitcher. The other thing, doing the show, I mean, it is midnight-ish, so we're basically Friday. Uh, it's a late one for us folks, is that we don't really know weather uh, you know, this far in advance. There's been some good hitting weather in Atlanta this week. I don't know if that's going to be the case again, but I am a little worried about Urias in Atlanta against his right-handed heavy power uh Braves lineup. I mean, Dansby Swanson went nuts. He led off against Alex Wood. They're rolling out so many righties and the numbers are crazy. This season, Dansby Swanson, 238 ISO against lefties. Darno 289 ISO, small sample size. Uh William Contreras, really nice surprise for them. They're hyping him up in the spring and he finally found a spot. 382 ISO. These are really small sample sizes. They had uh, quite the day. Uh, against San Fran put up seven runs against Alex Wood they didn't even have Acuna in the lineup so missing a big bat I mean they started Phil Gosselin and Heredia played too so some regulars got the day off Adam Duvall wasn't in in the fold there either another righty who strikes out a ton but can be very scary against lefties so I I think I'm out on your eyes Mackenzie Gore love this kid what a prospect did hit his lowest velocity of the season in cores. Okay, it's in cores. Weird stuff happens. The previous game Mackenzie Gore pitched was Colorado, ironically, again, but it was in San Diego. That game at that point was his lowest velocity of the season until his most recent spot. So, two games in a row where his velocity was trending down. I mean, he was throwing, he was hitting 96 on the gun a month ago in back to back games. And now he's down to 93.9. So, like, two-plus miles per hour? I I can't pretend to, to know if this is going to be a theme for Friday. That's a big difference. How big of a difference is two miles per hour on a fastball velocity, Keith? When you're looking at velocities, what's, like, your kind of, like, panic, like, what's your number 1 oh, mile per hour is a pretty big deal right 2 is yeah, a big yeah yeah 2 2 is a huge deal like you start you start looking and and
1: factoring that in like like that's when you see sh- strikeout rates plummet um or vice versa like like Alex Cobb who we're going to talk about later is a guy that's had a huge uptick in velocity like his strikeout rate at the beginning of the year looked awesome um but yeah like 1 mile an hour it's like okay maybe that's variance um, once you get up to that two mile an hour range that that's a pretty significant decline. So I, I am very concerned about Gore. The fact that the results match that decline in velocity too is a, is an even bigger red flag. Like he was a the guy they were letting go deep into games early in the season like they were, he was up over 100 pitches three times. Um, and maybe like he's a young guy obviously hasn't hasn't dealt with a major league season before. Maybe he's hitting some sort of a wall a little bit here. Um, I, I definitely am not playing him against a tough Phillies team at ninety-one hundred. That, like, the, there's some scary things going on there with the with the decline in bo- velocity, the early workload,
0: and and now just getting beat up two times in a row. I, I'm definitely out on going. One was in cores. I, I understand it. Yeah. So here's the thing with DFS and betting: like you're dealing with such a short sample size with some things that. You don't really know if it's fact or fiction until you see it happen again. But this is where you want to take some shots because if it's really a thing, um, I don't feel like the Phillies are going to be popular against Mackenzie Gore because it's McKenzie Gore and he's really good. And yeah, he got roughed up, but it was in cores and people might be willing to give him a pass. That's, that's for sure. Um, I think we'll get into bats, but no, I'm not on Gore because I just need to see what happens Friday with him. Uh, you know, I'm not super worried about his velocity. I mean, weird stuff happens, but it's definitely something to watch out for. I mean, his swinging strike rate was in single digits in both of those games as well. Th- that was the first time in well over six weeks that he had a single-digit swinging strike rate in back-to-back games. So, yeah, it's just something to keep an eye on with Mackenzie Gore, uh, who and they'll take on the Phillies. So, that that those were two – I can't talk. It's so late. Those were two. Uh, interesting velocity notes, I thought. Um, you know, the 8K range, I know you want to talk about Alex Cobb. I really like Jeffrey Springs. I feel like you're going to share that same sentiment as me. So talk to me about this mid-range here on DK.
1: Yeah, and this is part of why I don't think you need to, like double aces is probably not necessary here. Be, Springs, I think, is is the safe guy. Awesome matchup against Pittsburgh. One of the, one of the highest strikeout rates in baseball, um, especially against lefties. And Springs, since he's come into the rotation, has just looked outstanding. Um, Strikeout rate up around 27% for him. He's getting stretched out more. Um, Just looking, he's been comfortably into the five inning range. He he was only four and a third his last one out, but he's he's throwing well over 80 pitches, was even up to 94 and 92 um, in the two starts before that. Like, this is a, a fully stretched out starting pitcher, and the strikeout has the strikeout rate has kind of been sustained as he has morphed into a starting pitcher after coming out of the bullpen early in the year. Uh, he gets as good of a matchup as you can ask for a phenomenal ball, ballpark for pitching.
0: Um, I'm, I'm going to have a ton of Jeffers Springs at 8,500. Yeah. And it's a huge slate. So no one's going to be mega chalk. I don't think, but he'll definitely carry ownership, especially when there's no slam dunk payup option in terms of matchup. And that's the thing. Right being left-handed against this Pittsburgh lineup, you're most likely definitely not going to get Vogelbach, who is just pitiful against, against lefties. Uh, They saw Jeffrey Springs on Thursday and they rolled out, you know, a formidable lineup, I suppose. But, you know, you got Michael Chavis in against lefties. He strikes out 30% of the time dating back to 2021 Castillo, you know, has about just under hundred plate appearances, 25% K rate, uh, Sawinski was in the lineup, although he's a lefty. We haven't seen a lot of him at major league level. We've seen him bomb a bunch of home runs, but we see him strike out almost thirty percent of the time. Uh, Yu Chang has a decent plate appearance set of data in our in our system here and plate IQ, and he strikes out almost thirty percent of the time. So there's a chance Springs has a field day. Uh, I really think. And again, we don't know what weather is going to be like. Oh, it's in Tampa Bay. We're in a dome, baby. Fire up yep. Jeffrey Springs. Okay. Yeah. You, so. you said, you
1: said Springs on Thursday, but you meant steel uh, for the Cubs who, yep. I mean, I'm a huge Cubs fan. He's, he's a decent pitcher, but he's nothing special. And he went out there and struck out eight of these pirates. So I, that's, that's kind of exactly what I'm the outing I'm, I'm expecting here from Springs. I think he can, he can go six innings and give you seven or eight strikeouts in this spot. Uh, I know you, you touched on us loving the strikeout props. Springs is definitely going to be one of my first looks as, as soon as we get off of here, I, whatever that open opens up at as long as it's not above like five and a half, I'll, I'll definitely be hitting the spring strikeout prop. It's open right now at six and a half on FanDuel. There you go. Six and a half is a big number for him because you're, you're probably at that 90 pitch cap. Um, But this is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, matchup here. Six and a half. I I need to look into that one a little bit more just because of,
0: of the shorter leash. Uh, But I, I think I'll still end up on it. Man, this is fun. We're recording so late that we're getting some some prop lines out, so maybe we'll play a fun game of over-under at the end of there this. Uh, Julio Urias at 5.5 against Atlanta. Ian Anderson at 4.5 and against the Dodgers. So interesting numbers to open up there for sure. We have a huge slate. So anybody in the sub-8K range that you're interested in on DK uh Is Michael Lorenzen good? Maybe. I mean, he's having a decent season. Seattle doesn't strike out a lot. I don't really want to go there. Not really feeling Marquez, although a note is that Byron Buxton has missed back-to-back games with knee discomfort this week, which is definitely a cause for concern. You have Mitch Keller on the other side of that Jeffrey Springs game at 6,700. Cole Irvin, who doesn't strike anybody out, but seems to please zack his way through a bunch of games and throw five or six innings, you know, he could survive at 6,200. Your guy, Kyle Hendricks, who the hell is Kyle Hendricks at this point <laughs> of his career? I cannot get him right playing uh the low strikeout cardinals on friday but he's 6k kyle bradish he has some k upside when he's cheap uh he's gonna be at chicago though you know not my favorite team to pick on other than that yeah you know ronnie garcia at arizona um zach grinky i guess is gonna pitch in major league baseball at 5200 god he really needs to just stop pitching <laughs> um and there's a couple other bottom of the barrel options here is it Palente for the cards who actually is kind of interesting down here. He's got got through five innings in two of his last three starts. And he's interesting kind of against your cubbies at 5,500. So that's kind of the only guy that I'm kicking the tires on right now, I think, down here.
1: Yeah, um, there are a couple more in that AK range that I, I do have some interest in. Um, we talked about Cobb briefly, but we can expand on him a little bit. I've got some thoughts on Ian Anderson too, which I might regret. Um, but yeah, <laughs> if we're going below 8K for now, like Dylan Bundy, I don't know what to do with. I never get him right. Like when I attack him, he goes out there and strikes out six over six scoreless innings. If I play him, he walks four in the first inning and gives up two home runs. Um, so he's just kind of one of those guys that's really difficult to figure out. I don't like this matchup against Colorado. They don't strike out very much, um, but he he's interesting at 7,700. Dane Dunning is interesting. He's got a matchup against a low strikeout Washington team, though, so I don't love that. Um, if I'm dumpster diving, I could be talked into some Cole Irvin, Kansas City, another low strikeout offense, though. I'm not touching Kyle Hendricks. Um, he is, he's no longer my boy. The skills have faded for him for sure. Um, St. Louis has been another one of those teams that's just absolutely on fire. Hendricks just does not have the command that made him so successful for for such a long time. With diminished velocity, um, he got by on a good changeup and a good sinker. He just he doesn't have the ground ball skills anymore. Um, he's not striking anybody out. Like Hendricks is just a, a shell of what made him a good pitcher. Like you can't survive with sub 90s velocity in, in today's MLB unless you're your command is perfect and his command is no longer perfect. So he, he's going to give it up. St. Louis is going to be one of my favorite offenses here. Um, Kyle Bradish is an interesting prospect, but he just hasn't quite figured it out. I've chased him a couple of starts in a row. Um, like He's got good stuff, but the strikeouts just haven't quite shown up yet. And now he's got the White Sox, who really seem to be turning it around here. Um they're dealing with some injuries, but they did get Robert back, who's who's a big deal. I think he's probably their best hitter. Um, don't know that we just – I don't think we need to go down this low on a, on a slate this big. I, I think you live in that – like for an SP2 on DK, you live in that 80, 8, 8K range. There's there's some interesting names. We talked about Springs for sure, um, but Cobb and Anderson, like Anderson against the Dodgers, is obviously very scary. It would be a large field tournament only, but he's looked a little bit better here recently.
0: Yeah, give me – I know you have Ian Anderson thoughts. Is that it, or do you have more? What's catching your eye here with him? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of –
1: there's been a clear shift. Like, he is a guy that was – he was down around, like, 15% Ks. The walks were over 10%. And he's just kind of seems to be turning a corner for me. Um, Like, he randomly had that nine strikeout game in Coors. And so that's like what made me take notice. It's like, because he, I I believe he's a really talented pitcher and there was just something mechanically off with him at the beginning of the year. Um, If we've got warm weather in in Atlanta again, I probably am not going to go here. But the Dodgers do have a little bit of strikeout um, in them. Mookie Betts is out of the lineup. Um, So it's a little bit of a watered-down Dodgers lineup. And Ian Anderson is a talented pitcher. Like we saw him have a, a massive playoffs. Uh, and he was dominating really good offenses when when the guy was right. So I'm trying to beat the field to him just looking right. Like he had that that game against Washington in between two pretty solid starts against the Cubs and Oakland. And I know those are are definitely not great offenses. Um, but it just seems like the walks are coming down, the strikeouts are coming back up to where like they should be. Like he's probably a 25% K rate pitcher when he's right. Uh, with rock walks in the seven or eight k range, the seven or eight percent range, rather than the the fifteen percent K and ten percent walk pitcher that he's been, he's just he's a little bit more talented than his price tag. It's obviously a very difficult matchup against the Dodgers. You've got Cobb Cobb and Springs right there, who I definitely prefer. Um, but this is a, this is a guy who's assuredly going to be under five percent owned. I don't hate it for if I was making one fifty, I might grab like ten percent of him.
0: Yeah. Uh, good points. Uh, What about Merrill Kelly? We we've seen some guys who have strange dips and dives and ascensions and velocity. I talked about on the morning grind yesterday or the day before with TJ, maybe about Rodone and uh, you and I have had some discussions about him and like his velocity varies so much. Like, it's so weird. I don't know. I'll never understand him. Um, but Merrill Kelly, his velocity, I've been tracking a lot this year too. And it started up and then he had, he had some early success. Then it went down, you know, he was at like 93 to open the year. Then it went down to 92, 91, 92, 92. Now he's pitched three straight games where his fastball velocity was 93 or greater. Um, and before that, two of his three games, he was hitting 91 on the gun. So uh, and the last three games of swinging strike stuff has been a- at least 10% or higher, which is a big deal for a guy like him. And he's getting the Tigers. So maybe I'm willing to buy Merrill Kelly, who's thrown a little bit harder the last couple of games. Maybe he'll continue that trend. Great matchup. Not super expensive. As you said, we're not crazy about these spend ups. So if you want to live in that Jeffrey Springs range, pair him with either ian anderson or merrill kelly i can tell you anderson will be low owned. merrill kelly might carry a little bit of ownership because he's playing the tigers Uh, but there's so many big names on this slate i don't expect anything to get out of hand um or maybe if you're just looking for a springs pivot if he comes in a little higher than maybe we anticipate then maybe maybe you look at anderson or merrill kelly yeah i i think springs is the one that's going to pick up the ownership
1: in this range um Kelly is very interesting. I mean, I do, I definitely prefer him over Anderson um, because of this matchup against Detroit. Um, Yeah, I think like you make some great points. He's a little bit cheaper than those guys. He's looked really good in two of his last three. Uh, He did give up some runs against Cincinnati, but the, the strikeouts were there. He struck out seven in six innings. He gave up five runs. This Detroit is like they're in contention for the worst offense in baseball, which is just weird. Um, because I, I did like some of their moves. Like, uh, obviously, I'm a Baez fan. They've got some stud prospects that just haven't quite worked out. Riley Green was hurt. He's up now, which is, is a, a boost to their offense, I think. But Torkelson has really struggled. And there, there's just – there's so many strikeouts in this Detroit lineup. I really think Kelly can have a,
0: a pretty solid game here. We have to talk about some fan duel pitching, if that's okay with you. But before you do that, can you pull out your phone and – get Uber and call Michael Lorenzen and uh, call FanDuel and Uber because they're drunk and they price Michael Lorenzen at 9,300. By the way, he reached for his pocket to grab his phone. (laughs) I I thought you were going to have me look something up. He's a good guy and he was ready ready to do me a solid over there. Um, What the hell is he doing at 9,300? Yeah, he broke 40 FanDuel points only twice this season. So wrong button, wrong button Friday, maybe. Whoever's setting up the CSVs or whatever on their end, I don't know. Um, you know a lot of similar high names other than Michael Lorenzen. Obviously, you're worried about raw points here on FanDuel. I don't see much different here. I still think Aaron Nola, I'm agree in agreement with you, is probably has the best matchup out of any of these guys that are uh super high in price. Ian Anderson's a little pricey, Cole Irvin's a little pricey. No chance in hell I'm playing Cal Quantrill against Boston, Jeffrey Springs, kind of in the same uh price threshold there. Now it depends what side of the glass half full or empty you're on. I'm Mackenzie Gore. Cause if you think his velocity rebounds, he is eight K on FanDuel. Um, you know, your guy, Alex Cobb is still in the seven range. Other than that, uh, that those are just some of the major differences here. What are you looking at uh, for like a FanDuel pitching pool?
1: Yeah. I still think Nola is the guy here. Uh, Manoa is actually priced above no- Nola. Um, so I really like Manoa's DK price, but I, I don't know if I would be playing them at 10-4 over here on FanDuel. Um, So, yeah, pretty clearly Nola. Arias at 9,500 is interesting. Kopech is in that same kind of a slight discount um, with a great matchup at 9,100, but not recent form um, that we're excited about. Definitely think he's playable in tournaments, though. Springs at 8,300, I think, would be my second favorite option just because of the price tag on Manoa but yeah so Nola and Springs are are, would certainly be guys I'm overweight on I love the price tag on Cobb um we didn't get into Cobb much only 60 pitches in his first start back he did not have a rehab assignment so we were a little concerned about the leash there in that first one and it was it was like worst case scenario um I know you and I had discussed his strikeout prop quite a bit I think it was way down at like four and a half and we were incredibly disappointed when he only got 60 pitches I think you can comfortably put that in the 75 to 80 range for this start against the Cincinnati team that I don't know they really struggled to start the year but they've been better here recently not a huge strikeout team I don't I just I believe that Cobb is a different pitcher than we've ever seen from him and it feels like I've been waiting all season for it to show up. Like he came out of the grades and it was awesome. And it's like, yeah, this is working. Um, and then he dealt with some injuries. Um, and it's just been a fluky, horrible year for him. I'm going to have to pull it up now. Cause I'm seeing this 5.62 ERA. And I know like the, the XFIP and the Sierra were under three the last time I looked and I'm pretty sure they're pre- they're, they're still way down there. Um yeah, 264 fit for Alex Cobb. Um 292 Sierra. This is the most unlucky pitcher in all of baseball right now. If I can get 80 pitches from him against uh I don't know, even if Cincinnati is not one of the absolute worst offenses, they're certainly not better than average. Um so I'm I'm going to be invested in Cobb for sure.
0: That organization really pissed me off last week. They say, "Oh, Alex Cobb doesn't need a rehab start." You, know, you dive a little deeper. Alex Cobb's so mad he had to stay on the IL for 15 days instead of 10 because of the new rules. So they let him throw 60 pitches and they yank him last weekend. That's it. Like he he wasn't pitching bad. We had K props. Can you tell? We had, we had the overs. But that that was bullshit. That was bullshit. Excuse my language. BS flag. Come on. If you like, why? Even send him back out there if he can't crack 60 pitches when he's pitching fairly well and battling. Like, the guy's battling. Why wouldn't you give him a damn rehab start? I don't know. I don't I don't know. Are we gonna get 80 pitches out of him, Keith? Are we gonna get 70 and they're gonna pull the plug? Like, I, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical there. I I would just rather go somewhere else on this slate. Maybe I have a little poor recency bias, or maybe I have a good point. <laughs> I'll let you know tomorrow <laughs> night. Right. Anything other than that that's super cheap you're looking at? I mean, do you agree on my take that if Mackenzie Gore is fine, 8K is a decent tournament price for him? Yeah, I, I do. Um, there's some strikeouts in that Philly lineup
1: as well. I know, like we talked about the ball ballpark shift when we were talking about him on DK. Like Philly going from their home park that's super homer friendly into San Diego, which has been playing pretty pit, pitcher friendly so far this season um, after being neutral – for over the last couple of years, um, part, partly due to San Diego's pitching staff, I'm sure, but um, definitely a downgrade for the Philly bats. So if if Gore is right, that that's a super attractive price tag. Um, I, met, I talked about his leash a little bit too. Like they were letting letting him go over 90 pitches into a, into the hundred range several times. So it's not like he couldn't get through six innings here, uh, which is what we're looking for on FanDuel. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the the price tag is, is interesting enough. I'm, I might take some shots
0: on FanDuel. We got to get into some bats here. Uh, there are a lot of good pitchers on this slate, so I know there'll be some catch-up spots. Um, Houston and New York could be a catch-up spot to very talented pitchers. I'm not stacking either of these teams. It serves no purpose to me, I don't think. I don't mind having some single shares of these one-off bats, but, again, I'm not going crazy. Like if anything, I think Verlander's given up what seven bombs to ready so far this year. Yeah, you know, I don't mind your judge one-offs or your Stantons, but I'm not gonna have a ton of exposure from this game. I think these pitchers live up to the hype. And I think we see a nice early Friday night pitching duel here, seven and a half game total here between Houston and New York. I won't have a ton of action from the bats in this one. Yeah, I'm with
1: you there. Part of it is is the pricing. Like the the hitters on both of these awesome offenses are are all priced up. Um, we just ran through some pitching. There's no like super value options at pitching. Um, so I I don't know that I'm going to be looking to spend up into the, the judge and Jordan Alvarez range for my one-offs today. Um, I don't mind it if you've got the money for it, but just probably not something that I get, get to a ton of. Um, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm on the pitching here despite the, the tough ballpark and powerful
0: offenses. Good catch-up game right there. How about we move on to, one of the 7-10 games, Boston at Cleveland, Nick Pavetta against Cal Quantrill. Uh, Quantrill, a guy, another, another Cleveland picture who doesn't strike out a ton of guys who I just don't believe in. And I'm all I seem to always be on the wrong side of it. Um, I know I'm not super crazy. He has an X-Fip that's almost six this season. He's only striking out 14% of batters. He just always seems to survive more than he doesn't out there. And I don't know how he gets there. Listen, I mean, he's given up 42% of fly balls to lefties, 37% to righties, hard hit, uh, about 41% to lefties. So, you know, his his ISO and the Wobas he's yielding to both sides isn't egregious. I just think he's prone to a couple long balls here. So um, for me, you know, I know Quantrill's a sinker ball guy, Um. I'm looking at some of the lefties here, you know, I'm looking at vertigo, uh, you know, JD Martinez will hit just about any sinker, even though he's a righty. I don't mind that either. So I do have some interest in singling out some, some maybe power bats here against Cal Quantrill. What says you about the bats in this game? Devers, I think
1: is a great Devers, option, obviously. but I, yeah, I don't love the price though. I think mean, he's over 6k. Um, that's, that's a hefty tag when I'm trying to pay up for some pitching too. Um, I usually like stacking Boston because you have like the Verdugos and the Corderos, the Dollbacks that are, that are usually really cheap that help you fit in story endeavors and Bogarts and Martinez. Um, Duran, obviously now who's been in the leadoff spot here recently. So yeah, I guess I'm talking like now that Duran is there, that gives you another lefty bat yeah. probably, Verdu- probably see Duran and Verdugo two cheap outfielders. You can pair them with Devers and, and one of the other big infielders to, to get a nice little stack there. Like I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't buy Quantrill. I think it's smoke and mirrors when he has those good starts. Um, <laughs> and Boston is a, is a very talented offense, so they're not, they're not one of my top offenses of the day. But I, I will probably have some
0: exposure. I was so wrong about Zach Plesac again. I, I, I said <laughs> I don't believe him, but I'm always wrong about him. And there's people listening that like this guy is an idiot. Are, are we sure that Quantrill and Plesac are
1: different pitchers? Like, do they not just seem like the same guy? Like they, they don't are. strike anybody out. They they have decent control, but they just seem to have these random great starts all the time,
0: and it's really weird. Whenever we target against them on huge slates, right? <laughs> How is there one run in Cleek-Zag versus Smeltzer? I, I, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, I, I agree with your Devers concerns. He's 4,100 on FanDuel, which is the third highest priced batter. No, I'm sorry like six or 7th highest price. He's expensive regardless. But you can play, you know, mini stacks of some of these lefties. Like you said, Jaron Duran, great call. Five-tool kid. Um, his cup of coffees haven't been great in the majors. He's been crushing the ball whenever he gets sent back down to Worcester. Leading off 2,700 on FanDuel. I like Duran in the spot a lot. Verdugo is only 3K. Uh, so I think you can play them together too. And, of course, you know, Devers is in a great spot. Maybe he's better off as maybe looking at a home run call if you can't afford him in your fan dual lineup. Um, on the flip side, Pavetta has been fantastic. But you just have to have Jose Ramirez in your player pool if you're multi-entering. Because if Aaron Judge wasn't having the season that he is, we'd be talking about Jose Ramirez as like the minus 110 AL MVP favorite probably. And, and some would probably argue that maybe he is the MVP. So uh, keep Ramirez in your player pool, folks. Do you got anything else on the Cleveland side of things? I don't it's yeah.
1: Ramirez as a one-off is the only thing I'm, I'm interested in. I like Pavetta has looked really good here. Um, So I'll I'll stay away. Like Cleveland's not one of my favorite teams to stack. Anyway, it's kind of Ramirez is head and shoulders above the rest of, of the talent in the lineup. So
0: just play Ramirez as a one-off. I think you're good. Yeah. That game has an eight and a half total right now. Uh, Cleveland plus 100 dogs. Uh, We'll move on here to Pittsburgh at Tampa Bay. We talked a lot about Jeffrey Springs, who's in a good spot, has good K rates, good swinging strike stuff. The Pirates have been hot and have been pretty popular in DFS this week. O'Neal Cruz, uh, exciting prospect. He's 3,300 on FanDuel. Depending on where he hits in the order, um, I might have some one-off interest. I really respect Springs as a pitcher. These Pirates are cheap, though, and there are Pirates that have Pop, Cabrian Hayes, Brian Reynolds are both 2900 on FanDuel, uh, Sawinski, another rookie, 2900 But I, I don't see them having success on the road in Tampa Bay against Spring, so I don't really have any interest in the Pirates. Do you have any interest in Pittsburgh? And when you're done, segue over to Tampa Bay against another pitcher I always get wrong in Mitch Keller. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. Um...
1: I don't have any interest in Pittsburgh. It's been really hot in Pittsburgh the last couple of days. They've been against a, a Cubs pitching staff who is n- not good, is, is putting it politely. Their bullpen has been atrocious. Um, so going into Tampa, a really tough pitcher's park in a dome, um, they're not going to have that humidity that's helping them out. I have tons of respect for Springs as, as, as a pitcher. Um, I also think that, that Pittsburgh lines up much worse versus lefties. Um, Cruz is a lefty. Vogelbach is a lefty. Sawinski is a lefty. Like, and even Reynolds is better from the other side of the plate. So, like, some of their best hitters um, just do not line up well against lefties here. It's part of the reason why I love Springs. If I had to guess right now, Springs is going to be my highest owned pitcher on the slate. Um, I'm not playing Pittsburgh Bats.
0: Mitch Keller has been better this year. I know I just crapped on him a little bit there, but his xFIPs fips like, a full point lower, like, when I toggled – his data back to the beginning of last season. I look at so, and then I look at solely j- this this season, which isn't a ton of starts, but we're at like a, a point of the season where you have like respectable sample sizes to maybe consider. So, Mitch Keller's been better. He had an xFIP. He has an xFIP of 5.12 dating back to the ba- beginning of last year. Just this season, it's down to 4.66. Uh, still giving up line drives. Not giving up a ton of fly balls. Still giving up hard hit stuff to righties. He doesn't have a ton of, of data against lefties, but you know, he's, he's actually, oh, I'm looking at the wrong guy. It's Quintana. Maybe Keller's not good anymore. No. Yeah. <laughs> Keller's been better. Yeah. I'm looking at the right guy. His ex-fips under five, uh, not giving up a lot of fly balls, hard contact isn't egregious. He's not striking anybody out, but um, he's, he's been getting by uh, Tampa Bay's lineup has been a tr- in shambles. Like without Wander Franco in, um, a rose arena hasn't been great this year. Mike Zanino, our lefty masher, has been out, right? Like, these guys that find his way into my you know, he I find him in my tournament lineups quite a bit against lefties whenever lefties are pitching. Yeah. I just, Lyle's been hurt too. Yeah. And and Margot just went on the, the IL. He's
1: going to miss some time. So, yeah, this, luck this, there. he this ran Tampa, into the wall. Yeah, yeah. That, was,
0: that was brutal. So, I like, they're, they're just not good players on Tampa. So, I, I find it hard to roster them um mitch keller is you know a little bit better this season like i don't mind some shares but like, i don't there's always a chance you know if i'm off mitch keller personally i'm sure he will be terrible and you guys can full stack tampa bay uh so like either you're all in or you're all out i feel like either like you want a full stack against keller or like you don't want any tampa in your pool
1: yeah i just i don't like the talent that i like, with, with all the injuries they're dealing with, I mean, we're talking about, like, Yandy Diaz and, and G-Man Choi as, like, to lead a stack on a on a full slate. Like, like on a full slate, you're going to need your stack to score 10 runs at least. And I'm just – I'm not sure that they can do that here um, with, with the injuries that they're dealing with, unless Paredes goes out there and hits three home runs again.
0: Which, I was going to say, so Paredes, like, for forgetting about their best player. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I'm with I, you. I mean – pit, have... Pitcher's
1: ballpark, We I think we're – we're good to move on from these offenses. Yeah, yeah, man.
0: So you can have any parades in your pool? Uh, no, I don't think so. So the heater, the heater won't continue. <laughs> All right. Well, you like Ian Anderson? Uh, this game is well, I nine... I don't know if I like him. <laughs> okay. What's the correct verbia, Uh Interesting for, for for very large field tournaments. <laughs> That's like what girls say to you when they're really not interested. Like, <laughs> I'm interested. Like he's not the worst guy, right? So uh, I'm just saying the, the
1: underlying stuff looks a little bit better in his last three starts. I think he's about to turn it around. This is probably not the slate or the, the matchup to play him in. Um, but don't be surprised if he and Anderson put some good starts together here in the, in the coming month.
0: So like, do you want him to just be mediocre against the Dodgers have decent underlying stuff? So in five days, whoever he plays against, you could take advantage of him. <laughs> like, that sounds like a perfect plan to me. Like I hope he goes out there and he strikes out about six, but he gives up
1: four or five earned runs. He's like, he's, probably not playable in DFS, but I, I think he's a guy that I'm going to have my eye on. I'll be watching this start to see how he looks again. Um,
0: but yeah, I, I don't think we need to play him on the slate. He does get the Dodgers and, you know, people are going to play the Dodgers. It doesn't matter if there's 5,000 games on the slate because it's the Dodgers. There's probably going to be decent hitting weather here. Like where do you rank the Dodgers bats in this full slate against the guy who you're interested in?
1: Yes, yeah, so but I, I do have, the respect for Anderson Um, the Dodgers can beat anybody up though um, which is kind of the hesitation of of wanting to play Anderson in the spot Um, depends on the weather if it's hot and humid again in Atlanta which I'm sure it will be they're they're gonna make the list for sure Um, another expensive stack though like Turner up over 6k Freeman right there Will Smith an extremely expensive catcher Muncie, who hasn't been great this year like it's it's going to be really difficult to full stack the Dodgers and then get the pitching that that we want to pay for. So I I don't think I'm going to have a ton of them, um, just because I I think Anderson's a decent pitcher, uh, even in a in a humid environment and a pretty good ballpark for homers. I I just don't see myself getting a ton of the, of Dodgers.
0: You know, on the flip side, I just don't know about Urias yet. We're seeing so many conflicting variables and data points, and like okay devil's advocate here to myself. He hit his highest fastball velocity of the season last game. We know that stuff fluctuates. two games in a row, then maybe I'm buying in. Like, kind of like maybe I'm buying into Mackenzie Gore's, maybe he hits a rookie wall or whatever you called it. I I don't know. Um, I do know one thing. Alex Wood is a damn good pitcher, and he got touched up by these righties. I mean, you look at the numbers with these Braves bats against lefties, strong isos. I rattled most of them off, you know, bef- before we got into the bats earlier, you know, you can play these righties against Urias. And again, it's a huge slate. And I think people are going to respect the household name of Urias. And as far as I know, he's a decent pitcher in the grand scheme of things. And he was really good last year. He won like 20 games, plays for the Dodgers. I don't think anybody's really going to own these Braves outside of Acuna. If he's in the lineup and maybe Dan's coming off a 50 bomb will carry like you know, maybe eight to ten percent or something like that. But I think I think the Braves are again in another unique tournament spot on a huge slate. Yeah, I'm. Hmm, I don't know what to do with them. Um, they they will be low owned. I agree
1: with you. People do respect your is. Um, but like these prices, I'm not excited about again. Like that's that's kind of my thing. I'm gonna. I think just the way we just as we're talking through this slate, I'm gonna be prioritizing spending up on pitching a little bit and these expensive stacks are going to be tough to get to. Um, Acuna and Swanson are the guys I want, but they're, they're both in the upper five K's. Ozuna at 4k is, is very attractive. I'll play him as a one-off if he's not too popular. Uh, Duvall is another fine one-off at 3k. Um, So they do have a couple of cheap bats to help you kind of fit in some better pitching. But yeah, I, I'm not I'm not terribly excited about it. Another kind of just they'll be in my pool, but I uh,
0: like very low on stack for me. I think the Bra- yeah I think the Braves for me will be a large field tournament play. I'm not going to play them in three max small field stuff. I'm okay with like a one off. This is the kind of stack I want in a large field. Whatever the three dollar tournament is on Fanduel, you know, a couple of shares of those stacks. Uh, Urias, as much of a mystery man as he's been, he's been limiting hard contact. Um, you know, rattling off a couple of the last games 13%, 27%, 20%, 33%. So he may not be having that strikeout stuff. He might not be throwing 95 pitches in any game. Um, but he's not really getting hit way too hard. So I like the Braves for large field stuff. I guess that's kind of it here. How about we move on to Washington and Texas? Uh, Dane Dunning taking on Espino. Any interest in the bats in this game outside of Juan Soto? I guess he's a given to be in your player pool every night. Um, Yeah, I I do
1: like Juan Soto. Um, I'm more interested in the stack on the Texas side, but Espino has kind of been pretty decent, actually. Uh, He he reminds me of like the, the Cleveland guys that we were talking about where their skills don't look great, but they just seem to have success somehow. Um, and, and stacking against Espino has not not gone well. If you've done that so far, um, so Seager is a guy I really like. Calhoun's price has come up a little bit, but he's still pretty cheap. Um, like I just wish there were some better options here for Texas. Duran has been hitting the ball pretty well here. Um, Jonah Heim has has had some success. So I like Texas is not the most talented offense. I really like Seager as a one off. I'll probably find myself on some smaller secondary stacks with Texas, with like a Seager, Calhoun, um, Duran type of thing. Um, but I, I really like the Texas three-man Washington for me. Like Dunning isn't isn't a horrible pitcher. It's going to be Soto as a one-off, maybe some Josh Bell, but yeah, not not highly interested in Washington as a stack.
0: Yeah, I don't have a ton of interest in this game. Um, I know Espino was used as a reliever for quite some time, and now he's finally picking up some bulk inning work here, you know, starting games. 35 innings. Um, he's only given up, what, three home runs this year? So tough to want to stack against. I don't mind the Seager one-off. I don't mind some of these lefties, lefties <clears throat> excuse me, that are in the Texas lineup. Uh, But other than that, uh, you know, I'm not going to have a ton from this game. Um, Anything else on this game or do you want to keep moving along here? I think we can keep moving along. I feel like this might be a, a fairly quick one. You have Alec Manoa for Toronto taking on Adrian Hauser of the Brewers. And Manoa is a very talented pitcher. We know that. What does Adrian Hauser do? keeps the ball on the ground he's pretty damn good at it it's not sexy but it gets the job done in real life and it's hard to target a guy who's gonna like get babbipped out of the game on a bajillion game slate right like I want homer upside especially on FanDuel so I won't have a ton of interest in this game I, like outside of super large field stuff I think you could probably get really good ownership on the Blue Jays. Don't know what George Springer's status is. Um, that would stink if he's out of the lineup. So, but for like small field stuff, three max single entry, I'm not going to have a ton of bats from this game. There's a lot of big names in this game, but I'm just not really seeing the stars align here. I'm definitely
1: out on Milwaukee. Um, I like Manoa a good amount. I think he, this is a good matchup for Manoa. I'll, I'll have a good amount of him for tournaments. Don't think I'll get to a single stack of Milwaukee on this big slate. A little bit more interested than, in Toronto than you, I suppose. I hear what you're saying um, about Hauser being the ground ball control type of pitcher that it's difficult to stack against. So I agree that I, I don't love like a full five man stack of them. Um, but I, I do think there's some home runs in here. Um, the, another problem, though, that like we've talked about with Atlanta and Boston were two. Um, expensive home runs that, that we're looking for. It's the Vlad, the Bichette, Teoscar that, that we're looking to play in this spot. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind one-offs and, and three-mans from Toronto, but a, a full five-man
0: stack is probably not something I'm doing. Okay. Let's uh, keep pace here and talk about Baltimore at the Chicago White Sox. And we have Kopic against Kyle Bradish. Listen, I don't know what Copic's deal is. I'm surprised he didn't really miss any time. That injury he had, like, what, 10 days ago or so looked a lot worse than what it was. I don't necessarily want to stack the O's, though, because his stuff is so electric that he could probably get by, and I think he will get by. Maybe gives up a solo shot or two. Like, this Orioles lineup isn't isn't the laughing stock of the league anymore. I think they have a decent little future ahead of them. I like some of these players in this team. I like Mountcastle, Mancini. I can't believe he's 30 already. He's like the elder statesman, you know, like Rutschman, Austin Hayes. I I like, I like these hitters. So I don't mind keeping the Orioles in my player pool. Now the White Sox is, you know, weather pending, of course, and whatever. We'll see what Kevin Roth says for us tomorrow and what weather edge has going on. But Kyle Bradish, you know, we've seen some strikeout upside, but he just gives up runs. He just gives up runs. There's been six games that he started in where he's given up over 40% of hard contact. I mean, you know, kind of. Reverse goes, splits hard contact, right? Like it's the righties that have been crushing him. Right. And who, you know, Jose Abreu, you know, Tim Anderson at the top. Um, Andrew Vaughn. Andrew Vaughn like Berger like the white like the White Sox have
1: been really picking it up like yeah. I like they were so bad to begin the year and I just noticed um uh, Luis Robert again missed the a game Thursday um so it looks like he might be down again but which is a real bummer because like I absolutely love Robert if he plays in this spot and he's healthy but yeah the, the White Sox have a ton of big righty power bats and that's exactly like what sets up against Braddish really like that's what Bradish has really struggled with early in his career. So um,
0: the White Sox stack is, is really standing out to me here. He started 10 games, Bradish. He's given up a homer in nine of them. Now, most of them were just one homer games, but, you know, six earned runs, five earned runs, six earned runs, five earned runs, four earned runs. And he's not going deep into games. He's He's only gotten through, he's only hit six innings twice. So you're going to get into that garbage, long relief type pen stuff most likely. Um, and it's such a big slate that we're not going to see egregious ownerships on the White Sox. Quite honestly, the White Sox haven't been that good offensively collectively. And I know some of them have been hurting or missing or what have it. Jose the having a bit of a down year. Tim Anderson was hurt. So the White Sox, I think, I think we just talked myself. We talked myself into them being probably my favorite tournament stack so far. Yeah, I, I agree. They're my favorite stack
1: that we've talked about to this point. Um, if Robert's not in there, the stack is pretty cheap. Like a is only 4k Vaughn is 3,900. Um, Anderson's up at five, but Jake Berger at 3,400, even AJ Pollock, like there's, that's a lot of right-handed power
0: right there. Um, and they're all 4k and below outside of Anderson. Yeah. I know we're talking about a different salary scale here, but just for conversation's sake, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper is 4,500 and he's the most expensive hitter on FanDuel on Friday. You can get uh, – I don't know if Robert's going to play, but he's 3,800. Tim Anderson's 3,300. Jose Abreu's 3,100. Andrew Vaughn, 3,100. A.J. Pollock, 2,800. Jake Berger's been ripping the cover off the ball, 2,600. I mean, come on. Gavin Sheets is up 2,200. Damn near min price. First base outfield eligible. This is the sack. This, this is the stack for Friday, I think. If I'm, I'm already answering this question, that question that all the hosts are asking each other now, if you had one stack to play in your single entry, <laughs> just give me the damn White Sox. Still like it. it. Love it. Colorado away, thankfully. or That would put another wrench into the slate. Uh, at Minnesota, who apparently can't hit the baseball, Zach Polisak. Um Marquez and Bundy. You can't figure out Bundy. But do you have any interest in these Colorado bats away from cores? Talk to me about bats in this game as a whole. Um, hopefully, we see some Byron Buxton just because it's good for the game of baseball.
1: Yeah, it's, I really wish that guy could stay healthy. Just a, so much fun to watch and yeah, has so much trouble staying in the lineup. But Colorado's always difficult to play away from cores because their prices are inflated because they play their home games in cores. I like this spot for them against Bundy, um, CJ Crone in particular. Uh, Bundy's a guy that has struggled with, with fly balls and power throughout his career. So I don't mind some Colorado bats, but I don't love the pricing. Like Crone at 5,100, it, like, I'll have some, but how much can I get to? Um, and then like just it kind of fall the talent falls off in the lineup after that. Um, like I don't mind Gritchick at 3,200 and McMahon at 3,100, not sure I have enough to make a full stack here out of this Colorado lineup, but Bundy is, is not somebody I'm scared of gives up a a lot of hard contact. Um, but just the the Colorado stack, like I'm not playing Blackman at 5,200 Connor Joe at 4,800 doesn't appeal to me. Um, but give me Crone, give me the cheap guys like Gritchick and McMahon, and maybe I can
0: make a three man out of it. Yeah. A lot of hard contact. This year to righties, also 50% of fly balls to righties this year. Yep. So hard contact and fly balls, especially to righty. Iso, he's yielding over 200 to both sides of the plate. There's going to be one or two long balls in this game. I am not guaranteeing anything, but I would say Bundy pitches a little worse than Smelzer did on Thursday. <laughs> so uh, I'm with you. I think you can find a couple of Rockies and take advantage of Dylan Bundy. Uh, what about targeting Marquez? Uh, Obviously, you can play Byron Buxton, you know, 15 days a week because he's so damn good. If he plays, we'll have to see if he plays. If Buxton doesn't play, what do you do against Marquez?
1: I've not been impressed from anything I've seen from Marquez this season. He had he's had a couple of good years here prior to this this season. Um, Strikeouts are down. Walks are up like I'm I'm not scared of him. I I think Minnesota is, is certainly in play here. Um, Buxton, if he's in the lineup is going to be one of the top bats arise is crazy priced. um, because of what he's been doing recently, I'm, I'm not sure I get to him in my stack. Love Correa at 5,100 Sanchez at 4,900 is okay. Um, but these cheap young guys are, are what really like puts the, the stack together. If Buxton is in the lineup, it's like Buxton and Correa are going to be my first two looks. And then I want to fill it out with guys like Miranda and Kirilov, who are down here in this 3K range. Um, Kirilov 2600, Larnack 2500, um, depending on what their lineup looks like, obviously. But um, I, I just I like the way stacks come together when when I'm trying to fit in expensive pitching. I get the upside of a guy like Buxton, and then I can pair that with a stack with cheap guys like Kirilov uh, and Miranda, who also have their own individual upside. Um, I just I like that type of lineup build Minnesota fits that pretty well Marquez is not a guy I'm, I'm scared of but I, I do like Minnesota good amount here
0: yeah Um, you know Buxton's 39 I'm fan it's 600 less than Bryce Harper is I think Buxton should be the most expensive bat on every slate uh, maybe outside of judge right now when he actually plays he's arguably the best player in baseball if he could put in 160 games 100 give me 140 games I mean, he's been in the league so much longer than, than we actually realized, but he's only played like three full seasons collectively. It's really sad. He's, he's so good. Um, but, yeah, there's some cheap pieces on both sides of this. Connor Joe's 2,700. You know, uh, Gurchick 2,700. Correct me if I'm wrong, but going back to the, the Gurchick days of old before Colorado, he was a little bit reverse split right? So he gets Bundy uh, and his fly ball right to righties. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. You, you are correct on that. Uh, I remember that as well. He just is down in the order usually, which kind of sucks. Yeah. But at least they're away, so maybe they'll get you know they'll get the ninth inning. So yeah, I think there's some cheap pieces in this game. Not like crazy about full stacking, but I like some of these pieces. Like you said, we got to motor through this thing, man. Zach Grinky and Cole Urban. Zach Grinky stinks. Can't strike out anybody anymore, um, which is again really sad because he was fantastic for so long but are you going to stack Oakland on this slate? It's like one of those conundrums. And and then you have Kansas city, Cole Irvin, another guy who's underlying metrics saying he should be getting shelled because he doesn't strike anybody out, et cetera. But he gets by, you know, like he never really gets absolutely demolished. Maybe give up a couple of earn runs here or there. So strange little game here. Um, it is in Kansas city. So you don't have to deal with Oakland's, you know, pitcher park. If you're thinking about bats here, uh, I don't know. Like, what are you doing with this game if anything
1: i don't know like the pricing on oakland is great obviously because they're they're bad um and grinky is bad too so i i kind of feel like taking some shots on oakland but then you start looking at a stack and it's like man that that is ugly to play on a on a full slate i probably just end up using like my three favorite bats um like Murphy fills a catcher spot, I, so I like him. And one thing to note about Grinky is he's actually been decent against lefties. Um, he's got that change up in the curveball. Like, like he still has some skill against against lefties. It's the righties that have crushed him. Um, so, like Murphy and Betancourt are probably the first two I would look to. Maybe Noisy, uh, but yeah, like there's just not enough talent to want a full stack Oakland. But I don't mind them as uh, a cheap secondary stack.
0: Yeah. Um... God, he hits 89 on the gun. A whopping 89 he hits. Uh, I like Murphy. I liked him on Thursday against the good old Bobby Ray experience. Didn't get the dinger I was looking for. But, yeah, I have the same thoughts as you do. It's like, I don't want to stag Oakland on this slate. I, I I just don't know if the if the upside is there, despite it being grinky. Um, yeah, I'll have some Murphy shares. Ben and Corp's. Pretty cheap, 2200 on FanDuel. He's been ripping the cover off the ball the last four weeks. Other than that, uh, I'm good. I mean, you know, I'll, like I said, Cole Irvin's been getting by. I I definitely want some shares of Bobby Witt and Witt Merrifield, if I'm multi-entering. Would love to know if Salvador Perez is going to play, because if he's not, it's kind of hard to stack uh, Kansas City and, like, realistically have the upside you're looking for. Um, so, I don't know. I'm not stacking Kansas city, but the high ceiling guys will have a couple of my pool. Yeah. I, I really like the spot for wit and I love
1: Perez if, if he's in there. Um, but yeah, I agree. Just don't love the stack. Irving's another control
0: guy, but, um, certainly don't mind hunting a home run with those two big righties. Yeah. The game's got a nine total Royals are a buck 35 favorite right now. So something to keep an eye on for sure. How about your cubbies and St. Louis Kyle Hendricks shell of who he used to be, um, Palente for St. Louis, who uh, has been okay the last couple of starts. Paul Goldschmidt's been unbelievable. Nolan Gorman's coming around. Aaron Nato's been great. Harrison Bader's stealing bases now. Tommy Edmond, I think, is still leading the NL in run score. Like, there's some firepower here. Is this a game where Kyle Hendricks is going to get shelled? You tell me. You're the Cubs whisperer, right? Yes. Um, Kyle Hendricks is going to get shelled here. They're, they're on the
1: level of the White Sox as far as favorite stacks on the slate. They're they're way up there. Um, like Hendricks does randomly just show up and and find like we just see vintage Hendricks. But even even if he does that, he's not going deeper than like even if things go perfectly six innings. But more more than likely, he's only going four or five here. He's probably giving up some some hard contact while he's in there. Um, and the Cubs bullpen has been atrocious over the last 30, 45 days as well. Um, so I, I love St. Louis in this spot. You mentioned Gorman. He's still only 3,700 DK. dude has been just mashing the baseball, a super talented prospect. He's, he might be my favorite hitter on the slate price considered uh, goldschmidt has been on fire. Aaron Otto had, has had a couple of home runs here recently. Um, yep. Has, has been cracking the lineup often. He's thirty six hundred. Donovan has played really well, forty two hundred. Like like we have this mix of of high upside bats like Goldschmidt and Arenado that that I can play with some of these lower three K range guys like Gorman and Yepes. So, absolutely love St. Louis. Think that they're they're going to get to Hendricks pretty early, pretty often here, uh, and then they've got plenty of plenty of innings against a bad Cubs bullpen as well. So. St. Louis is is right up there with the White Sox as far as top stack on the slate for me.
0: Man, Hendricks gave up five barrels his last game against Atlanta, but he not great. (laughs) No, but he somehow struck out six guys somehow. So uh, yeah, I think I think the Cardinals are a great GPP option as well. We both like them. Does that mean they're going to be? Are they going to carry more ownership than we think they are now that we're like? Both thinking they're in good spots, you know. We can't pretend to be the smartest people in the room, Keith, but we try sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, just on these huge slates, I don't think anyone, like, unless you have a core spot or a Wrigley win game, I don't think when we have this many games, like, nobody gets to be just massively chalky where I don't want to play them. So, like, yeah, they're going to be one of the at least five highest owned stacks, I think. Um, but I'm still interested. I think, I think the upside's enormous here against
0: Hendricks. Uh, next game here, Angels and Seattle. I don't know if Michael Lorenzen's good at baseball or not. I don't think so, but he's getting by. He gave up just seven earned runs in his last start against Seattle. Only one homer, though. He's only given up five home runs this season, but he's had some ugly games, a lot of ball and play stuff, things like that. Um, Chris Flexen, a guy who I chase frequently, and once in a while I get him right. Guy who strikes out nobody. Control guy, I guess. Try, you know, Chris Flexen tries to be Cole Urban. <laughs> it's like an insult to Cole Irvin, I guess. <laughs> um, I think we're home run hunting here with these la guys, you know, Otani, Ward, um, Trout, Walsh. Like, I'm fine. Like, I like the Angels a lot here, I think. Um, weather, I think, is gonna be good. We'll get confirmation here. So Definitely going to have angels, power bats, exposure. I know that's not the sexiest take, but I'll be overweight on them for sure. Yeah, I, I'm
1: similar. Like Flexin, like you kind of touched on it. He's, a, he's another one of these guys that just like the underlying skills aren't great, but he can be okay most of the time. Um, so he's not generally a guy I, I like to stack against, but there are certainly home runs here. Uh, so I love that, just taking that approach to it. Otani and Trout, two, two of the best hitters in baseball, always in play. I love Ward and Walsh at these prices, especially. Um, don't even mind Stassi as as a like mid range catching option. He's thirty seven hundred on DK, but Walsh at thirty six hundred, absolutely love that price. That's that stands out a good amount. Um, and Ward's been pretty good. Forty five hundred seems seems a little pricey, but we've seen him higher than that recently. So, yeah, I I don't know about the the full stack. Um, definitely like the power bats. Play Otani and Trot as a one off on,
0: on any slate for sure. Yeah, Flexon's given up at least one barrel in every game but two this season. So you know, kind, kind of makes sense here. Um, bah, 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 bah. He's been reversed this year. He's actually been reversed his entire career. His career now, it's, yeah. now it's coming back to me here. You know, that's screaming Mike Trout, right? Like yeah. that. That Mike Trout. He's also a
1: little bit reverse split.
0: Yeah, he's always been a little reverse split too. Flexon. now we're digging into chris Flexen's stats here in a podcast where i need to shut up because we're over time but career era at home 3.97 road 5.43 so on the road reverse splits mike trout Trout's my home run call i think i was gonna now. say I, I think i feel a, a luch home run right up coming on here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see if I can get his odds better than two to one, or I'm gonna have to figure out. So, you know, the the books are cashing on the home run calls are picking up steam across the industry, and they're still tough. I mean, we're pretty good at scores and odds for the most part. Uh, our guy Joe Sterro is great too um, with his home run article for Roto Grinders. So, as much as the fish money will keep pouring in, I think there'll always be an angle for home run props, which is great. And we have our, I mean, I have nights where I go over five too, but you know, if you're selective and you're playing a lot of your picks at three to one, at least, and you hit yeah. 30 to 40% of them, I mean, you have some serious upside.
1: Yeah. I mean, I can, I can certainly say as somebody who follows you and grant daily and what what you're posting up there uh, you guys are are certainly being profitable in, in those home run calls that you're picking out. So
0: Oh, Luke keep speaking of Mike man. Trout to hit a home run. Can you, can you pick the best player in baseball? Luke? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, when, when it lines up this well, it makes sense. It's true. Anyway, so we're in agreement there. Angels, power, bats. Um, anything against Michael Lorenzen sticking out to you? Um, Don't love the price on Julio Rodriguez, but I, I
1: love the talent. Um, I, I do like Seattle a good amount. I'm with you that, that Lorenzen's not very good. Is Jesse Winker this bad? Because he's, he's 3300 which is a, a ridiculous price tag. If he's anything close to what he showed us in Cincinnati, but man, he's been really bad this year, but he's going to carry ownership
0: because he's on like a recent heater, right? Like he 2,800 on FanDuel, 2,800 on FanDuel, was homeward in what two of his last three games. Okay. Yep, you're so, right. I don't know. I, I agree. I was kind of wondering the same thing about him like about a week ago. Like, where is this guy? um yeah maybe he's
1: showing up so I, I mean i i like that i obviously love the price tag he's he's a better player than that even even though he's had a terrible year winker is is better than than these price tags
0: um don't what mind is, um, jp crawford go ahead what is lorenzen throw I, I if i do it's it's so sick the things i associate with players now i know winker is the righty sinker masher this lorenzen throw a sinker i'm just curious right now i think he's a two-seam guy though right for you to have that in the back of your mind, that is that is a little sick. Um Lorenzen is 29% sinker. Oh there man. you go. Oh, uh, we're playing Jesse. We're, we're having exposure <laughs> in this game. Love it. Man, he's got to be three to one tomorrow to Homer, probably, right? He won't be inside three to one. He'll be he'll piece oh, yeah, on. I think
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I could yeah, three and a half to one. It would be my guess if I had to throw a number out there. Thank God. I'm like Snapple, man. I have so much useless crap in my brain, but sometimes it'll make us some money. Anyway, sorry (laughs) to cut you off. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I was just saying I like the
1: the Seattle stack. I'm with you. Lorenz is not very good. Um, Seattle's an underrated offense, in in my opinion. And part of that is Ben Winker's struggles, but um, J-Rod's been really good. I think J.P. Crawford's a a pretty decent hitter. Cal Rowley has hit the ball pretty decently this season um Trammell has been picking it up a little bit recently. Frazier is in a stack. I don't mind. He's not going to hit you a home run, but, but there's some runs and some speed there. Um we'll see if, what if Upton ends up figuring anything out, but that's the other thing is some of these the, the guys lower down the order that you aren't you aren't excited about playing, at least they have great price tags. Like Trammell is 2500, Frazier is 2600. Um so you you can fit in your J Rods and and Suarez um, with Winker, who I
0: think is underpriced, and then play the cheap guys with them. The the stack is pretty affordable. Man, there's 14 games, and I'm not good at not talking. So thanks for bearing with us, folks. And uh, hopefully some of this helps you out. We're singling out some some decent data. Even we're at, we're at the back end of the show here. Three games left here. I'm on FanDuel. Do you have FanDuel up by any chance, Keith? Yep. Can, anybody, can you find Merrill Kelly, or am I just this sleep-deprived that He's not coming up for me in the Detroit-Arizona game. We talked about him on DraftKings. We did talk about him on DraftKings. I wonder if that's a
1: doubleheader, perhaps. I know Fanduel a lot of times doesn't have the doubleheaders.
0: Yep, it could be. Not that they would have been playing earlier in the season to get rained out, though, right? (laughs) Yeah, Merrill, uh, D-backs are nine. No, it's not a doubleheader. Do you see him in the Fanduel pool? I do not. Okay. I'm not totally – Maybe he's just not Stupid. confirmed, but, yeah, no, he's not in the FanDuel pool as of right now. Weird, because I think he's an interesting tournament option. A- anyway, um, Detroit at Arizona. And, and I Roni Garcia pitching for Detroit. Usually uh, these are teams where we're looking for value with the bats. You can find them. Young players on both sides. I kind of like this Diamondbacks team. I like some of the guys they have. I mean, it might not all be rainbows and butterflies and a pot of gold, and we're not winning games right now. But Alec Thomas is a beast, I think. I like Varsho. They have some good pieces here. I think there's some interesting plays in this game. Uh, As much as I was kind of talking to Merrill Kelly, um, I don't hate looking at guys like Robbie Grossman because he's cheap and having a really good year. Um, Bats in this game. I like Dar Varsho just always seems to be underpriced. 2,500 on FanDuel is just absurd for a guy who leads off and is good at baseball. So he's my favorite bat in this one. What says you, my friend? Yeah. I mean, I love that, that Varsho price on
1: FanDuel. He's 4,600 on DK, a little bit harder to get to. Um, Christian Walker is the one that stands out to me on, on DK at 3,900, just big time power this season. Um, what's his home run total? He's up to 19 home runs on the season. Like he, wow. he's been crushing it. Um, and then like a ton of these guys are cheap. Like we prefer loop low against a, a lefty, but he's only three K. I don't mind him if he's in there. Love the Alec Thomas call. I'm on board with that. Uh, Josh Rojas at, at 4k. Totally fine. Marte has had a, a down year as well. 4,400, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there's this, this Arizona team is sneaky, talented, um, there's some good bats here. Uh, uh, Walker leads the way for me, and then I think there's some other, some other cheap pieces that I don't mind getting to a stack here.
0: I'm I'm gonna home run hunt here. I might even play Diamondbacks in a single entry. No, I mean I know we talked about some other teams we like, but they're growing on me. If I'm paying up a pitcher, I'm looking at rony Garcia's uh, stuff here. His last four games, he's given up a total of 14 barrels checks notes, not good. Also a fly ball pitcher. Um, He's somehow, I mean, he's given up a home run in two, four, six, seven straight games, never really getting shelled, but he hasn't pitched a lot either. Like he's only pitched six innings once. So Diamondbacks sneaky spot going to have to look into more of his pitch mix tomorrow to see exactly what we want to single out. But, Love these Diamondbacks bats. I think they are the value on FanDuel that I'm looking at for sure. Like, um, the
1: Detroit side, I'm not terribly interested. Like if, if Baez is still really cheap on FanDuel, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, he's up to 4,500 on DK. So that's, that's getting closer to his true, true talent and where he should be priced. Um, I like, I think Kelly's a pretty decent pitcher. So I'm, I'm not really looking at these Detroit bats. Um, Outside, maybe Riley Green is a one-off. Where's his price at? He must be way down here.
0: Yeah, Riley Riley Green, 2200 Can definitely get on board with that. You know, they got some young prospects, too, between him and Torkelson, and, and he's had a rough start, too. But in um, the leap that Scoobles made this year, Detroit's got some pieces, too. These are two, two teams we're going to be talking about a lot more in, like, two to three years as maybe contenders if they push the right buttons. We'll see. I know it sounds ridiculous right now, but... Um, I think it's in the cards for sure. So I like the cheap pieces on both sides here. Arizona is a buck 60 favorite and the game has an eight and a half total right now. So Vegas seems to like Arizona a little bit, two more games here, Philadelphia and San Diego, Aaron Nola on the bump for the Phillies. Um, So I'm assuming we're not going to have a ton of interest here Um in the Padres. And of course, Mackenzie Gore for San Diego. And, Just because I talked about it so much, I'm gonna have to play a little bit of low dollar stuff and play some Phillies to see if Mackenzie Gore is really gonna have issues or not. I don't know if I can invest high stakes money into testing the waters here, Um, you know. But you can one at one off one of these power bats because they're good regardless, and they'll be low owned and it won't kill you. But I I want to see what's gonna happen with Mackenzie Gore. I think he's a fantastic player, a great prospect. He's gonna be an All Star for years to come. Uh, You know, knock on wood, pending good health and good fortune and whatnot his velocity was down the last two starts and it's a little bit of a, of an eyebrow razor here. So uh, any sticks in this game, catch in your eye? Um,
1: I'm definitely out on on the San Diego bats, especially if, if Machado is out of that lineup again. Um, and looks like Voight was dealing with a little bit of a, a hamstring as well. So like, yeah, I knew that, that San Diego lineup on Thursday was just atrocious. Yeah. Um if, if Voight and Machado are out here that like there's no way I, even on a full slate I'm just I'm never gonna stack against who I think is is the top option on the slate uh Philly side I can get on board with with your Gore take like yes it was in cores when he got beat up last time but it still happened um and Philly has has some very talented right-handed bats and they've got two big lefties who have handled left-handed pitching pretty well um, over the last couple of years. Harper has been good against lefties throughout his career. I don't know if I see the full stack. I like Hoskins. I love as a one-off Harper and Schwarber are both priced up or, or like nobody's going to play them because it's lefty lefty. Um, But I wish the price was a little bit better. Like if Schwarber was down in that 4,500 range, I would be all over that. Um, But they're both above 5k. So not sure how much of them I'm going to get to. Castellanos at 4K is one that kind of jumps off the page. as a guy who's crushed lefties in his career. Hasn't had a great season, but that that's a little bit too cheap for him. Um, Bohm at 3,200 is is fine. Don't know that I'll be full stack in Phillies, but I, I think there's some home runs here. Even if Gore was right, I think you could chase home runs in this spot. Uh, but, yeah.
0: I, like I, I, I'm with you. I got to play some low-dollar stuff on FanDuel. Real Muto and Castellanos are both 2,900. I mean, come on. There you go. What are we yeah. doing here? And they're probably not going to carry ownership. I mean, a lot anyway against Gore. What if I told you right now that as I'm looking here, money is moving and Jeffrey Springs is down to five and a half on FanDuel? Then I would tell you we got to end this show so I can go bet that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's pretty heavily juiced, but I mean, a lot of the good props are. I mean, it's, it's minus 152. I mean, yeah, I we've mean, seen a lot worse. You willing to pay that juice? I, I think I am, yeah. I'm, Are we I'm like thinking a, a smash play here on, on the morning <laughs> grind? If you can get Jeff Springs at over five and a half by the time I edit and upload this thing, we should, we should, we should probably go, get on that train. Is that our free pick? Yep. I, I'm on board with that for sure. All right. Well, we'll, I'll try to shut up. We have one more game. I'll, I'll make this quick. Hopefully. But he's your guy, Alex Cobb. No, <laughs> he's at home. Most unluckiest pitcher in baseball and taking on Cincinnati 10, 15 Eastern game going to be a late one uh Graham Ashcraft on the bump for Cincinnati has not been good his last couple of starts uh ground ball pitcher tries to keep the ball on the ground but giving up a lot of contact though interesting little game here to kind of to kind of end the night what are your thoughts
1: yeah I I like San Francisco a, a decent amount um just the only problem with them is their platoon tendencies like they love to pinch hit for guys Um, I I will have to dig into some Cincinnati bullpen data and see how many lefties. If there's a situation where there's only one lefty in the Cincinnati pen or something like that, like looking at these San Francisco prices, I'm extremely interested. Uh, Ashcraft is a pretty decent prospect, but has kind of struggled in the early going here. Not a ton of minor, minor league innings under his belt. So very inexperienced guy, not the greatest ballpark in San Francisco for, for home runs and things like that. Um, but I do like the, the San Francisco offense is talented. Uh, and we're looking at like Jock Peterson has been hitting a bunch of homers here. He's 4,300 Brandon belt, 4,500. Um, and I need to check Ashgrass splits as well. Um, but being a sinker guy, I'm pretty sure he struggles against lefties. Um, and there's a lot of talented lefties in this on the San Francisco team. So looks like I'm going to be, Pretty, pretty heavily exposed to the San Francisco stack, um, dependent upon what the Cincinnati
0: bullpen looks like. It's usually pretty bad. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, I would have to go back and check Ashcraft's minor splits, who had some success recently before he got called up, and he had a good, a good first couple of starts. Um, but, yeah, I, I really couldn't have said it much better. Um, Alex Cobb will forever be the wild card here. I'm probably not going to go there on FanDuel. Um, but but I totally understand. Where in the world is Merrill Kelly? Not Carmen San Diego. Where is he in this FanDuel pool? I feel like an idiot, but I'm glad you don't see him either. <laughs> so, I mean, I have the full list checked, right? He's just not there, and I don't, it's not a double header. So maybe I'll hit a yeah. refresh. Yeah. Here. When
1: I said that, I didn't even realize that the game was on the slate, but I see the Detroit Arizona game on the slate. So it's just simply that FanDuel doesn't have him marked as the confirmed starter for whatever reason.
0: Oh man. Okay. Well, he's interesting. Uh, keep a note of Merrill Kelly. Uh, decent little matchup there. Don't know if I play yours? him on FanDuel on this slate, but DraftKings. Yeah, is...
1: I'm checking what his price tag is right now. If you uncheck that probable pitchers box, oh, there uh, we go. He is 8,900.
0: That's a lot. That's yeah. That's hefty. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, uh man. Again, though. I mean not in love with any of the spend up spend ups. No one's going to play him at 8,900. Everyone's going to play Jeff Springs. Yeah. We're we're starting the movement with his props over five (laughs) and a half. Um, Okay. We got to get out of here, but what's your favorite stack single entry for all the money in a tournament? I know context matters, but I'm not giving you any. So who would you play?
1: It pains me to say it as a, as a Cubs fan, but uh, I really like the way the St. Louis sets up against Hendricks. Um, Goldschmidt and Arenado have both been awesome Gorman is too cheap Yepes is too cheap Cubs bullpen has been terrible St. Louis
0: is is going to be my first look I like that call a lot As we talked about I like Arizona a lot too um, But I'm going to go with the White Sox Arizona is like my 1B You know, maybe I'll run a 4-4 And mix and match there Definitely some good value in Arizona I like them quite a bit That's it, man. Let's get out of here. I've talked too much. We covered a lot of ground. We hope that helped. Thanks for sticking with us. Hope you enjoyed your week. So for the Iceman, Keith Eister, I'm the Looch, Justin Carlucci. Have a good weekend and good luck, everybody.